When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Shink. How's it going, everybody? This is Marco Malmasi of Malmasi Fire Arts, and welcome to another fine episode of Knife Talk Podcast. I am here with my beautiful guests. Or guest, co-host, <laughs> Jeff Bader and man. Greg Lockwood. Jesus. You're beautiful. beautiful. You guys are both wonderful. You're beautiful souls. Passable. And I'm so glad to be your friend. Uh, this is the show where <laughs> we talk knives, we answer questions, we try to be helpful and sometimes not very helpful, but we're just trying to have a, a good time, fun time. So, how has the last week been for you guys? How about you, Craig? You want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. Um, it's been a frustrating one for me. Um, I've been working on, well, since we did our Knife Talk BA, our build along, which was like a, like a little camp knife, bushcraft style knife. Um, it really bugged me that I didn't get it right. Um, and now we've recently bought some woodlands. I want to I make myself a nice knife to start with. Um, so I've been, yeah, working on a few of them and just trying to dial that in. And it's far trickier than I thought it was going to be. You know, it, it is quite strange. I think if, if, because I've been doing sort of chef knives for so long on really, really thin stock. Now I'm using a thicker stock on a much smaller knife. The angles are far more sort of aggressive. And I'm always just going too light on it, you know, and I'm just like, no, it needs to be far more aggressive. And it just doesn't feel natural to me. So so I've, I've worked, I've probably done eight or nine um, now just trying to dial it in. And I think I've got it to a good place where I'm quite happy now. Um but yeah, that's what I've been doing this week, and I've, it's been quite fun to do something which is a little bit different. Mm. Um, we, we've got a, like a builder guy coming in each day, helping out with the house, and um, I stupidly said to him, uh, "Oh, I make you," because he's like, "Oh, you make knives," and you know, you <sighs> get the old usual questions. And I was like, he was angling for a knife, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, I'll make you a knife, no problem." He's like, "Oh yeah, I want like a bushcraft knife." I was like, okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. So yeah, so I'm making him one as well, and um, I don't know, it's just been really nice doing something. You know, the pressure's off a little bit because. You know, these aren't paid for knives. This is going to be one for me and one one for this guy. Um, but I think I will be offering them going going forward. Now I've dialed it in a bit. But um, yeah, a completely different different way of doing things. Really, um, that, I'm, I'm using Scandi grinds. And I remember when we did the, the knife talk build along myself, and I know plenty of others as well. They hadn't done a Scandi before, and they all turned out to be flat grinds because we, we just weren't being aggressive enough with the angle. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been it's been fun. Um, so aside from that, we've we've had our house ripped up and floors removed, and so we've been confined to certain rooms. And it's it's yeah, 
It's, it's, it's been a, a busy, busy week. Um, today is uh, my wife and I, it's our anniversary, six years of marriage, but it's also um, French Mother's Day as well. So, uh, yeah, today has been all about my wife and taking the kids out and so on. So it's, it's been a nice week. It's been, yeah, a very little pressure this week, which has been lovely. Congratulations. Six years. Yeah, awesome. I know. Who'd have thought, eh? Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> Look. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? Uh, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, uh, trying to f- finish up some things with uh, this project I'm working on with this chef, Trevor Conk. We're doing uh, this sandwich knife, this offset serrated sandwich knife, and uh, the some of the proceeds are going to go to helping pay the employees of the company that he works with, uh, mm-hmm. works for. Uh, trying to offset some, you know, people are been out of work, so we're trying to do that and. Being helpful there, and I'm I'm uh, I'm also uh, finishing up some more knives uh, that are going to the uh, to help pay the artists at the uh, Speakeasy Tattoo Shop. We sold a few knives, and all the money's been going to uh, helping these kids pay their bills, really, yeah. which has been nice. Uh, and then um, look, what can you say? It's been a very very tumultuous. A week, at least a week, uh, in the United States, especially in New York, and uh, I've been very, very. I've been doing a lot of listening, and I've been doing a lot of watching, and I've been doing a lot of thinking, and you know, trying to be as helpful to my community as possible. Mm. You know, I I was just talking then, saying how very little sort of pressure has been on me this week. I feel as if I'm in this complete bubble because we're so rural here, and I purposely haven't been watching the news too much recently and i know there's all this stuff you know there, there's certain cities almost on fire at the moment and i i sort of made that decision to remove myself from it but we, we'll talk more about that in the news in just a second but um yeah just thinking about that maybe a little bit insensitive me to me to say that you know i felt no pressure this week um but yeah let's talk about that in just i don't a think second, anyway. i i think you feel the way you feel and I don't think that there's anything wrong with you know feeling the way you feel, and then also thinking about how you feel. So I don't, I don't, you don't think you know you, you feel how you feel. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So what else have we been doing? Uh, getting some stuff ready. Uh, a couple knives went out. My replacement knife for the one that got stolen went out. I'm really happy about that. It was really oh, felt cool. very. Uh, I felt like I felt like I did the right thing, and um, that was good. And then um, we got some new stuff coming up the pipe, which I'm pumped about, and you know. Uh, and the Full Blast podcast came out, and we got awesome reviews. Shot out of a cannon, uh, right? At, I mean, as soon as you guys put it onto iTunes, Craig, I got we I, within twelve hours we hit the charts at number five or number mm. six in, in American Hobbies, which was incredible, and been getting a lot of good reviews. And the Makery Podcast Network's been getting a lot of um, really nice comments for all the guys doing the podcast. And I think that, especially now, I think it's nice for people to be able to have. You know some other content to listen to from some familiar voices. You know, so yeah, yeah. You know, at one point we had, um, well, the the network as such had three uh, podcasts in the top ten of yeah. the, the US charts. That's right, and oh, I wow. think four in the top twenty. Yeah, you we know, were. And these was, were new shows, brand new shows. Which it is, was. Yeah. I was surprised yeah. because I just didn't think that there would be. I think I thought it would take a few weeks for there to be enough groundswell on the podcast platforms for there to be kind of any kind of, you know, footprint, but we got shot in, uh, we, we were, I mean, it was awesome. It was really, really cool. So yeah, fun. Nice. 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 What about you, Marekko? What have you been up to this week? Uh, shop wise. Let's see. I've been, uh, I, so I've, I'm working on an order that is forged stainless Damascus. This is Martin Siddick stainless from Damasteel. 
and it is a bear to move and I'm working under a press, which makes it even slower. Um, and I got the knife forged out and thanks to the help of my friend, Will Brigham, who does a lot more stainless, especially Martin Siddick stainless. Um, he, he helped me with the heat treat. Um, and cause he does, he, I've done it once before, but that was about a year and a half ago. And so it was really good to get a review from him based on his approach and everything. And, mm -hmm. uh, I think things are going well. I just finished the second cycle of tempering. Uh, actually it was a couple days ago. Uh, yesterday was day off with the family. Uh, so today I'm actually going to be getting into the shop and getting in and grinding on that thing. Otherwise, uh, you know, I've been working to get things kind of resituated back in my shop. Uh, I moved some stuff from my shop to my garage when everything with the COVID started happening. And now I got everything moved back in. I'm tired of moving. I don't know what to say <laughs> about that other than it fucking sucks. Uh, but obviously things could be a lot worse. Like Jeff was mentioning, uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of things are very uh, tumultuous right now. I would say, and um, yeah, and uh, mm. I this last week, um, I think on Tuesday started Blackout Tuesday, which I think originally was started by the music industry and them trying to instead of uh, draw attention to what they have uh, coming available or for sale or music coming out, they wanted to quiet it down so that um, so that uh, people of color could kind of share their story and, and, and have an opportunity to get more kind of traction, um, with less, uh, I guess less of the fire hose of information and content being out there. And so after that, I started, um, th there was this kind of like this, uh, one week challenge after that to basically, um, use, using the hashtag amplify melanated voices. I've been doing a lot of posting, trying to share, um, and put out, uh, content that's more about other people's lives and especially people of color, uh, and indigenous people and just kind of helping to give their voice. And like some of the people who I'm sharing back out, you know, they only have a thousand people or so that follow them. Um, and so helping, you know, use the platform that I have to try to kind of get that, vo their voices to reach more people, uh, has been interesting and, and I, it, you know, I feel good about it, but it's, it's been interesting kind of more in the way of seeing how many people have unfollowed me in the last week. Really? Uh, yeah, I've got, I've, I've lost close to a thousand people. Um, that easy. seems to be the general consensus I've heard from a lot of people who, yeah. who did that. Sure. But, and, and the reality is, you know, as much as follower count, uh, a lot of people put a lot of, um, value on follower count um you know it, even if i had five thousand and i lost a thousand those pe the people that are unfollowing me i probably don't want right. them following me anyways yeah, exactly, or yeah. selling my stuff to them anyways and so i'm just like uh, i'm kind of good riddance and while i have lost a lot of people i've also gained a lot of followers at the same time which has been really interesting and i don't know if it's a result of everything everything I've been sharing or what, but I don't know. It's kind of, it's for me, it's kind of an awkward or not awkward, but just, I, I think I, like Jeff mentioned last week, it's, it's hard to figure out what to say. I've really mm. struggled with knowing what to say or how to help um, with just with everything, starting with COVID and now to this. And I, I, I guess the position I'm kind of in is that I, you know, while I have very white pale skin, you know, I'm actually half, from my dad's side, I'm Samoan and Chinese. And then on my mom's side, 
I'm uh, predominantly German, but also with some Native American and Irish like speckled in there. So I'm mm-hmm. like I'm less than fifty percent, uh, I guess European or or, or white, and. Yeah, but I'm kind of like I feel like I'm hidden in this white skin, and so I get a lot of privilege that comes along with that white skin. But I also kind of like I I really excuse me I'm getting choked up. Uh, (laughs) I can relate kind of to some of the pain that these people are experiencing, and I just don't know what to do. You know. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that I think it's really important to be able to to listen to people and to think about the way you're behaving and to, yeah, it, it's funny because when I was younger, my dad used to say to me, anytime I had this, anything to say, he would say, I, he would say, you don't know what you're talking about. And I started to do that too. And I started to, mm-hmm. you know, when somebody would say something and if I didn't like it, I'd say, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. And when I was dating my, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, she was mad because I, we were at a party, we were having a conversation and I, and she said something and I complete, I, and instead of just listening to her, I said, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. And she told me that dismissing the way she, how she feels was really, really, it really hurt her. And it started to really, she said, no, I think that you, what you what instead of just dismissing my feelings, I think that you should just listen. And I think that you should be able to listen to them and you know, be empathetic to what we're, what I'm going through. So I've always felt like that was a really important thing for me to do as a person. Doesn't really matter, you know, whatever, and be very faithful to my community, uh, being people of color, black people, um, the police. Uh, I've, I've, I've always been pushing for being very close to my community. And I think it's really important to be able to, to listen and to understand and not to not dismiss right off the bat the way people feel. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, your yeah. feelings are your feelings. And, and I could, and, and it's, it's, it's insensitive and it's obnoxious and it's arrogant to say you don't feel that way. Right. Um, right. In regards to the, the Blackout Tuesday, it's very interesting because when it all came out, you know, I, I, I always, my kid is, you know, this, she's a 15 year old kid. She's in a school that is predominantly uh, people of color and black and Hispanic, um, and predominantly. There was a lot of white flight in my town when I was when we first moved up here from Brooklyn, and it was very clear that there were these phony liberals who moved. So we've always she's kind of grown up in in, in with the with the ability to see people of color and to kind of understand them, and she's been a member of the NAACP. So when it came to this Blackout Tuesday. I what, really, what's what's the NAACP by the way? It's the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. It's a, okay. one of the biggest uh, organizations in the United States for the advancement of people of you know black people. It's great. I mean, it's like the most probably the most most famous. So, um, you know, nationally known, nationally known. And she's, you know, I said to her, I'm like, what do you think of this? And she goes, well, you know, it's good, but, you know, you got to be careful because there's a lot of, you know, people are putting hashtags on that are kind of putting blinders to what's going on. Uh, protesters are unable to get some certain information. So you got to be worried about that. And, and she says, and just don't fall into the, uh, into, into the fucking banana, as I say, the banana the tailpipe of your liberal, she says, as your, of your liberal friends that, you know, that you're looking for some social brownie points. So she said to me, she said to me, he's like, look, she's like, why don't you do me a favor? You're too old for this bullshit. Why don't you just give them your money? Because that's what they want. So my wife and I became members of the NAACP and we donated money and we listened. And I think that that's really, and I've talked too much, but I was just kind of, you know, go Mm -hmm. on. What do you, I mean, it's terrible. Uh, I've gone a couple protests and 
uh, rallies and I've talked to the, my friends in the police department and I've talked to people, friends of mine who are in the NAACP and it's, you know, people are in pain. Mm. You know? I mean, from what, from what I see over here in, as I almost cut off from, you know, a very, a very different environment to, to certainly how, how Jeff is, you know, close to New York city and, and all the rest of it. Um, very much cut off, and what, and what I see on the—I don't necessarily look at the news so much now, but it's all over social media. Right. So I'm just—I'm just seeing these certain things, and from what I can gather, and I'm, I'm being very ignorant about this, and, I, and I'm quite aware of that, that. You know, this whole this whole thing started out of the COVID thing, with um, you know the, the the very sort of unfortunate you know happenings you know, with, with George Floyd and what happened there, um, and obviously people were angry, very very angry, and they took to the streets. From what I can gather, it's about more than that now. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, 400 years of people feeling their in, the inequity of their situation. Mm. You know, this is, you know, I, and look, it's a fucking knife talk, but at the same time, it's like, it's it's crazy for us to not, you know, to even talk about it. Yes. Yeah, um, no I, I, you know, it, it, this is, people are hurt. People are feeling hurt and they want to be heard. And our elected fi- officials should be held or should be you know you should be mad at our elected f- officials for not doing the things that they're supposed to be doing yeah yeah mm. period i mean it's like you know i i i mean it's it's and uh, you know no one's you know there's so many people in this situation who are who are who are who are not right you know peaceful i mean the united states was built on protest but you know these looters and these you know instigators and these agitators are destroying a perfectly good, you know, opportunity it, for change. You know, they're they they're seem to be taking advantage of a situation. Hundred percent. Yeah. And then you know, and then all of a sudden, we're all shocked at seeing all these, you know, these police officers beating the shit out of these old guys, knocking their heads against the f- ground like, yeah. like eggs breaking. And it's just like, well, it's just been, it's just you. What do you think? This hasn't been happening before. I mean, this is, this is, this is. We're just getting, we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. But you know. What can you do? It's important to listen and it's important to be supportive and it's important to, you know, also, you know, I, the other thing is, is I give you a lot of credit, Mareko, because honestly, I am not interested in arguing with anybody on social media. It's like this bullshit philosophical arm wrestling match that I'm not interested in. Sure. And I've said this before. I don't tell you my political opinions because I don't want to hear yours. <laughs> It's, it's mm-hmm. not you. Not, yeah, I'm not talking to you. No, I'm talking about no, no. I'm talking about the people. It's just like you get in the, you get in the, you get involved with these conversations with these people, and all of a sudden they you know they find facts that suit their purpose, and then all of a sudden you're supposed to let it's this it's this ongoing churning of humiliation that I'm just not interested in. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I want to be supportive. I thought when I created when I started doing the idea, be helpful. It was the most you know non-controversial situation. But, you know, people are hurt and they need help. That's it. Where is this going? How is this? uh, You know, there's no easy fix, obviously, for this. But how do you see the next few months playing out? Well, it's fucking weird. You've got your you've got your elections coming in November. And I can't see anything easing before then because people are just getting more and more riled up. Well, here's what's the fucked up about it. It's also within the whole COVID-19 thing. So Mm -hmm. I, I was just, you know, looking on Twitter before we started in and Sunday morning. And Bill de Blasio, not the greatest mayor that New York has ever seen, announced that well, let's get all fired up and we're, we're stopping the curfews because we're going to start opening up the city. All of a sudden now, all of a sudden now we're going to open up the city after all this protest. And what happened to COVID-19? 
This just seems like it's just it all seems just like a farce. Like everything seems like now very convenient. All of a sudden, what happened to social distancing? And what about the second wave? It's all the whole thing is fucking ridiculous, and it's exhausting. And and people are angry, and they should be. And instead of being angry. Uh, and being violent towards other people, they should be listening and they should be fucking saying, okay, I'm going to fucking beat you up at the polls. I'm going to beat mm. you up on voting day. I'm going to hold you responsible. And, the, and, the, and that's it. We, I, all I'm going to say is we all deserve more. Is, we all deserve is there, more. Is there an option? I'm not going to ask you who you'd vote for, for yeah. example, but is, is there an option? To vote for for something that that could end all this. I'll tell you what, man. This, this it's nightmare. Like, I mean, it's there. there need, there's going to have to be a few generations of real voting oh before, real generations before you actually see some change. This is like people think this is shit's going to change overnight. It ain't on both mm-hmm. sides. On both sides, yeah. I'm very, I'm very, uh, you know, sympathetic to both sides of you know, how people think. You know, I try to be as, you know, I try to be as open-minded as they can but it's just like these all these motherfuckers are the worst i mean they will do and say anything to be uh, elected and it's just like we've been hearing this bullshit for so long it's just like what do we gotta what do we, what do we gotta what do we gotta do here it's, mm. it's exhausting to be honest with you i'd rather t- be honest with you this is the first time i'm ever gonna say i'd rather talk about plunge lines right now <laughs> i'm telling you i'm telling you it's fucking tiring. It's all tiring. So I'm giving money. I'm being supportive of my friends at the police department. I'm being supportive of my community, especially the NAACP, the local chapter here. I'm going to be involved with them. And I'm going to be involved with the small businesses around here. And I'm going to focus on being helpful to my community. And that's it. Mm. Okay. You know? ba- back to back to COVID then. Right. How, how are things, when you say things are possibly opening back up again is it is, is covid almost like left the headlines now is, well is that yes the situation? i mean it's left the headlines with like a bludgeon like a being bludgeoned over the head i mean it's like mm. you know of course the interesting yeah. thing to me is is i've been talking to my wife who's been back at work for a month now over a month now she's started to say that you know we've been talking about how there's no real data and they're starting to see that a lot of the the real sickness comes to comes to uh, viral load. So the amount that you're exposed to, because and that makes a lot of sense, because it's very clear that my wife was exposed to like a fucking you know like a garbage can Shit full of it, yeah. And yeah. she was pretty fucked up. And then you know Lyle and I just got a you know we got a couple crumbs and we just couldn't taste something for a while. You know, so yeah. it's like it, I think that that is going to be an issue that people are going to see, and it's going to be about how much viral load you get. Hmm, what a year, eh? Fuck this. This is a right. bullshit. Let's stop the fucking train. I want to get off. Seriously, it's like Jesus Christ. And all these fucking businesses, they're they're not a, they're hopefully going to be able to slowly slowly open up, but it means like you're already in the middle of summer. You're losing all that yeah. you're losing all that summertime, you know? And if you and you know, Christmas is, you know, the Christmas airs and the restaurants have been worse and worse in New York over the past few years. They're not as big as they used to be and they're gonna have to make up some fucking time. They're gonna have to make up some real time, you know. So, what are the uh, again? Not to stay on go ahead too much, but what what are the uh, the American government doing for small businesses and people who employ people? Are there, is there any sort of financial aid? Are they are they doing anything to help out at all? There, there are relief packages and loans that small businesses who guys who are smart and they're like really looking into it have been taking. That cover their, you know, cover so you know a lot of them are. Uh, there are some loans that will cover um, 
your employees, as long as it goes to your employees, which has been really good for like my buddy, John Sharp has, he hasn't been able to, he doesn't have to close the birds all house. And he's been able to, even when they're closed and they're just doing takeout, he's been able to pay his employees, which he's very, very proud of. And, and, and it's, a, it's a hard thing to do. But they're just yeah. loans by the, by the government. They're, yes, they're no, some of them are no interest loans. Some of them are forgivable loans. And it's in, uh, you know, I, I don't, honestly, I don't know the extent of it. Somebody asked me about loans and I've been, I'm knocking on wood. We've been fortunate enough that we haven't had to do it. Not yeah. to mention, you know, if I'm not in total need, I'd rather that money go to somebody who's in need. So I kind of yeah. steer clear yeah. of that shit. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, my friend, uh, Pat Conlin, who I'm doing the knives with, he told me that his landlord is forgiving the rent. So he, we're able to, to and he, he can't, they can't work. Tattoo parlor can't work. So we're selling the knives and they're selling art and it's going to help pay these tattoo artists. So, you know, people are figuring certain things out. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't tell you how other people are doing. Um, I know that a lot, I know a lot of waiters who are on, um, uh, unemployment, which is obviously helping them and, you know. I don't fucking know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. It's just like all of it's gross and it's it's exhausting and I'm tired of it. I mean, that's the one thing which I think the, the government maybe have got right in the UK and in France, actually. Um, you know, so many mistakes they've made. But um, I, I do think that they are looking after businesses so that they have the, the furlough scheme in, in the UK. So if you've had to close, the government are paying 80% of your wage bill. Um, so you so you're not letting people go, um, and then it's up to you as a business whether you want to top up the, the remaining twenty percent. But they're going to cover eighty percent of the wage bill, right? Um, and I think they've extended that now till I think October. Um, so you know, I I think as as bad as as the government have been, particularly in the UK, um, financially they are trying to, trying to sort things out, right? Um, but you know. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen after October? And I don't think it's going to be a case of, as we're starting to see business be able to open up again, they're not going to see the revenues that they had no. sort of pre all this. No. Because people are still cautious. Of and course. quite rightly, people are cautious. But people are sick of eating their own fucking food and they want to steal their face. Yeah. So yeah. You know, I was picking up some to-go last night at uh, my friend's place that's by the river. And there are these little loopholes. Like you can, you know, you can drink in the courtyard and you can get the to-go and you can sit in the courtyard. So there's a pile of people just wanting to get out. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, here in <sighs> France now, they, they, I think it was this Monday, they've allowed bars and restaurants to open. Um, yeah. And, you know, crazy rules as, you know, not more than 10 people in a group right. together. But you can be standing next to another group of 10 people. You know, it, they're yeah. basically it's, open for business as usual. And it's up to you to sort of, uh, you know, look after yourself. And from what I can see, places are empty. You know, people people aren't taking any risks. They aren't going there. Um, so what this does mean is that the government are no longer paying, um, paying uh, you know, furlough payments. Um, so helping people with their wage bill because they're allowed to open, but people aren't visiting them. So right. they, they aren't making the money. So it's it's a, it's a no-win situation. This is situation. the biggest clusterfuck in the history yeah. of, I mean, I mean, not in the history, I'm just saying right now, in my life, there's a clusterfuck. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah. you know. <sighs> what, what have you got to look forward to? Have you got anything planned, either of you? Look forward to? <laughs> no, that's look a no. Look forward to? I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to... Uh, I got a crowl. You know what a crowler is? A cra- is that you know, like a growler? It's a cocktail growler. 
I was over getting. I was getting. Jeez. I got. Did you make that word up? No, probably. of course not. I'm not smart enough to make up these kinds of fucking words. Cocktail. I tell you what. I tell you what. I went to go pick up some food yesterday, and my wife like. There's. We found this one drink from my friends at uh, the River Outpost. It's this passion fruit bourbon thing. It's this cocktail, and you can take them to go. And now, take the to go thing is to go booze is like a big deal, and because it, it was you're not allowed to do it in most places mm-hmm. in the state liquor authority right. in New York and most places you can do it. So I was talking to my friends, and I was just like, yeah, I'm here to pick up the food, and I'm supposed to get this cocktail for my wife, this fucking... She's like, well, why don't I give you a crowler? I'm like, what the fuck's a crowler? It was this 32-ounce can. They canned it. They canned this fucking cocktail. It was three giant cocktails in this can. Nice. And uh, I was like, I can't, we can't drink all this. She goes, yeah, give it to your wife. She was sick. She'd been feeling better. Gonna... I'm like, yeah, she ain't drinking all this. And she goes, oh, you drink the rest of it. Ah, damn it, last night. I'm like, I can't, we can't let it go to waste now, can we? I had to drink 32 <laughs> ounces of this motherfucking cocktail. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to another one of those. Bucket of cocktail. Fuck me, man. It was a, it was a mother. It was a, it put me on my ass last night. Uh, well, funnily enough, my wife and I, my wife has been on this crazy sort of diet fitness plan thing. And, um, wine is, is off the charts, but, um, she is allowed a, like a gin, um, you know, I think a couple yeah. of times a week on the, on this certain plan because it's, you know, it's very sort of low calorie. So we've been having gin and tonic with, um, we've put watermelon in the freezer and have a big sort of wedge yeah. of watermelon. Oh, it's so good. How, do you get <laughs> angry? So Does she get angry when she drinks gin? No, we both get really <laughs> drunk very quickly with gin, we found out. Mm-hmm. So it starts with the toes. The toes get a bit warm, you know, and it spreads <laughs> up the body. <laughs> the toes getting warm. I've never heard that before. You know, you, when, you, you, when you've had half your drink, you can feel your toes tingling a bit. It's like, never okay, we're, 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 it's starting. Here we go. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, gin and tonic with, with a big frozen watermelon. Lovely. Very nice. What about, what about you, Murray? You must have something you're looking forward to. Uh, I mean, so the, over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been spending more time with family, um, mm. like, uh, cause my wife's family is here. Uh, her sister's family just lives like a couple blocks away and her brother's family lives, you know, about a, a mile down the road and her parents live a few more miles down. And so actually last Sunday after we recorded, we went out to their place and, um, we did some birthday celebration for my brother-in-law uh who's a good friend of mine that i went to high school with and it was just really good to get people together again and so i look forward to just being able to spend time with people i care about more than anything I, you know i got a buddy of mine that uh was in my wedding he fuck, he lives like four houses down the road and i i i see him like twice a month <laughs> basically yeah, since all this has happened it's just you know they're doing their thing to stay busy and keep their distance and so have we and so uh yeah i think that's that's probably one of the biggest things and mm-hmm. as i mentioned before playing pool again <laughs> but i don't nice. know what i have a friend that has a table so that'll probably be my uh my introduction back into playing pool because i don't know if i'm too interested in going to a bar with a bunch of Stinky, disgusting people. <laughs> <laughs> Playing pool. Yeah. No, I'm just joking. But yeah, yeah. But we're pretty much the same because we're we're so cut off here. And um, we, my wife and I were talking the other day. It's it's been just me and her and the babies for basically since they've been born. We we occasionally went back to the UK and and and, and so on. But um, with regards to sort of you know having somebody to have ten minutes to watch the babies, so we could spend some time together without the babies, or or, or you know a night out, or just do something different. Sure. We've never ever done that since the babies were born, 
Um, but um, Amy's, Amy's my wife, um, her parents, they've just bought a house over here in France. Um, oh. And that's due to uh, like finalize uh, within the next, I think, next three or four weeks. And they're going to be moving over here, um, so sort of 10 minutes oh. away from us. So oh. we're really looking forward to be to being able to have like the odd date night and just the odd, you know, be able to read a book without without, without the kid trying to climb up you and so on. So sure. yeah, are you are strange, you, are your in laws the type to. of people to promise that they'll take care of the kid and do the, Will they take care of your kids? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, if they're in their, I don't I don't care what they do to them as long as they're not with us well, for ten I mean, minutes. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only saying we that got to that point. I'm only know? saying that because a long time ago when Lila was very young, we went on a trip and my my in my my mother and my wife's mother says, "Well, we can come along and then we'll take care of Lila." And we're like, oh, okay, let's go. Let's, why not? Sounds great. They didn't fucking do a thing. And also, <laughs> after them too. also <laughs> yeah. we were like, are you going to fucking do I mean, Whatever. What happened? And then at night, one of the only nights we went out, we said to, we said to them like, uh, well, we're going to go out. And they said, well, aren't you going to make sure that she's asleep first? Like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to out. You said you're going to say, you raised us. What's the matter with you? And it was just like this, right. what, you, what the fuck? You didn't do fucking shit. You just showed up to the fucking, it was a lot of promises, a lot of promises of help and you were feckless. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't trust him, Craig. Time will tell. Time, Time will tell. tell. I know we'll it's going to happen. Yeah. She's going to give you old, the old French whoops-a-daisy. You ain't coming from France and you're going to, you know, can't come over, can't come over, Craig. You know, we're, we're having our. Gin and tonics now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Send down. Yep. Shall, shall we talk a little bit about knives? Fine. A little bit. Go ahead. Just a little bit. Okay. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. Do the chopper! Okay. So we're going we're gonna to do the, this section that we do every week, which is, hey, man, can I ask you a question, where people send us questions and we'll do our best to answer them. Um, but listen, do me a favor. Please don't send any questions to my personal account or to the Makery account because it, it, I've just had enough. I, I just open my messages and there's like a dozen or so questions. I'm just like, oh, man, it's it's difficult for it. we got a lot of questions. So we can have them all in one place. It would be cool. So the place to put them is. Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. There you go. Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. Okay, let's do it. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? The first question is from Dan O'Brien. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? I have a new even heat, which is fantastic. After heat treating, it takes a long time for the oven to come down to the appropriate tempering temperature. Is it okay to leave the blades at room temperature and wait for it to cool down? Also, is it a problem to cool the oven down with the door open, or will that put too much stress on the components? You appreciate all what we do and keep up the good work. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, um, even heat. Um Coming back down to an appropriate tempering temperature, um, is it okay to leave the door open? Um, first off, what do we think? Definitely. Yeah. This I is... Think, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, actually, when Jeff and I were at Blade Show last year, we spent a bit of time talking with Spencer and the family over there at the Even Heat booth, and that was one of the things we touched base on, and, and they actually have at least from what I understand Spencer was saying, is that they have intentionally designed the things so that you can blow air in there or put a fan in front of it uh, to help cool down uh, the kiln. 
um, which is I actually when I was doing the heat treating of the stainless knife the other day, I had to go from 2000 degrees back down to like 200 degrees. Um, and so I just stood there with my compressed air. And after about five minutes, it was it was ready to start tempering. <laughs> like it didn't take much time. But if you got other things you can do, you can, I've definitely put a place to fan with the door open right in front of the oven. Uh, I've also used like the blower end of my shop vac, you know, you got a vacuum side and a blower side. So I've blown air through the shop vac into there to help cool things down. Um, but it, depending on the steel, I think, uh, there are, there are some steels that you don't necessarily want to let hang out at room temperature for too long. Um, but all in all, I think even the heat, if even if I just leave the door open, it takes the kiln about an hour to come down the temperature, and that should be fine um, for your knives between quenching and then going into the temper. Um, but I know you guys do some stuff with bricks to help cool down the, the kiln. Yeah, so basically the the thermal mass of the oven, all the all the energy is stored in the inside the oven in it within the fire bricks. Um, so what I tend to do is if I do if I will be tempering. Um, a bunch of knives the same day. I'll put a bunch of fire bricks into the oven, leave the door open, and what they'll do, they'll absorb some of that energy and some of that heat. They'll sort of it'll soak into those fire bricks. Um, so then, after sort of ten, fifteen minutes, remove those bricks. And um, essentially, what you're doing, you're removing removing some of that heat, um, and and you should be good to go. So yeah, there, there's plenty of ways of doing it, but I think the main thing is, yeah, you're not going to damage the oven by having the door open or blowing cold air in or whatever you need to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a couple of tricks there. So a fan or using heat bricks, there's a bunch of things you can do. I did use the, uh, heat bricks after you said it, we talked about this on probably a year ago or something like that. And I tried it yeah, out. Yeah. I was stunned at how much air, uh, how much heat those bricks sucked in. This is the one thing that, uh, even the, even heat guys said to us that that's uh, the problem is dropping down from 1500 degrees or wherever to 400 degrees. What, what the problem is, is especially when you're trying to get it to 400 degrees is there's residual heat in the in the bricks in the oven. So yeah. what they say is what the boys at uh even heat say is is it's uh, actually when we had Will Stelter on we were talking about it and they said if you drive a car and then you put your foot on the gas to get to your temperature you're going to overshoot uh, to get put your foot on the gas to get to your uh speed you're going to overshoot that um that speed. So what they say is if you're trying to get your oven to 400 degrees, you want to go. You want to drop it below 400 degrees and then make it um, not as fast as possible. That's one of the settings, and I always use. You know, how fast do you want the temperature? As fast as possible. The as fast as possible is putting your foot down full blast on the um, um, on the accelerator, and then you just overshoot. But that's full what happened. Blast. You had you had to say full blast, didn't you? Oh, what, in his what own do you, show within a show? What do you mean? What, what are ever are you talking about, you little bastard? You, yeah. So if you the slower it goes, the easier it's going to kind of ramp up to four hundred degrees and not overshoot too much. Yeah, and even if you've got the you know, the older controllers on your even heat, they've all got ways you can control the ramping of the heat. So whether you've got the the ramp master or that newer one, you know, with the Wi Fi and all the rest, you, you can do it on either. And the last thing is, is if you're dropping that heat down after heat treatment and you're dropping it down, let's say you drop it down to 300, then you put it to 400, you'll see that it starts to kind of creep up. If you just crack the door open, it'll it'll um, equalize. If you crack That's the door right. open, you don't have to have it uh, cl- you know, latch shut. If you crack the door open, that'll equalize it until, you know, until it holds it at the temperature that you want for tempering. 
I was just going to add that note, but you hit it on the head. Yeah, it's usually like what, like half inch or an inch. And it usually takes my, my kiln. Mine's an older kiln. Uh, it takes it like 20, 30 minutes before it equalizes. And I feel comfortable closing it. And it doesn't want to just spike up to like 500 degrees or something like that. You just don't, yeah, you don't want to ramp up the speed full blast. That's all. Oh, yeah, no. No, I, I have mine turned down to uh, heat up at 1,200 degrees an hour. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never known. I, I mean, I know why you, well, I do it because I've been told I should do it, which is you shouldn't let your knives go completely cold and, you know, wait a few days before tempering. You should always do as quickly as possible. But but why is that? What's the science behind that? And Morocco, I imagine you would know. Well, how dare you for not say? How dare you for excluding me? <laughs> I actually, I know. How Jeff dare you knows. for excluding me? <laughs> Jeff fuck. definitely knows. You fuck. I don't know. So you were right, but it's obnoxious anyway. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I necessarily know the exact science. I just know that you know when you're quenching from austenite and tr- and the steel's transforming to a martensitic grain structure, uh, it's under a lot of stress, and the the goal is to ease that stress as soon as possible even if you have to do like just a gentle snap temper even in your home oven or something like that uh if you can't stay at the shop or whatever for whatever reason you can't quench it in your kiln right away uh, or sorry temper it in your kiln right away um having something on the side that you can just kind of gently ease some of that stress um even just for a few minutes will make a huge difference uh if you can't get to temp properly tempering the knives uh you know for 24 hours or longer um yeah i think the biggest pro is just the steel is under a lot of stress when you quench it and so yeah yeah i never i never uh schedule i never schedule heat treating without being able to temper the knives absolutely yeah never like it's it's and i know that there was somebody somebody in our beefs a while ago had mentioned that one of their beefs is they hate it when people say that heat treating and tempering are different you know it's they're all kind of part of the same thing you have to do you know you have to do them both most of the time right yeah, yeah. i so mean the, heat treating is the whole process the whole process right hardening and tempering i would say are different but but heat right treating, of course yes yeah. but when you're saying heat <laughs> treating you're referring to the tempering too so whoever said that yeah, beef, i never forgot we go. Don't worry. I think it's I think it's people who watch Forged in Fire who did who never see a temper and it's like oh right it's hardened now we're done well, they, we're good to go. You know they all think that you just go full blast and and you and you <laughs> drop it. <laughs> Jesus, what are you talking about? You're supposed to say it with the French accent. Uh, yeah, full blast. I don't know what you're talking full about. Blast. Shall we move Absolutely. on? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. This, next this show one... is sponsored by the Full Blast Podcast. That's right. Number five. <laughs> number five in American in American hobbies. Go fuck yourselves. I mean, thank you. <laughs> this next one is from Oz Hughes. He says, uh, "Hey guys, hope you're keeping well in these crazy days. I'm trying to find out how hot my oil needs to be before quenching. Is it good enough to just dunk a hot piece of steel into a war- uh, in to warm it up?" Or is there a sweet spot? I'm using uh, quite a lot of 5200 and would like to get my heat treat a bit more precise. All the best, OZ. Uh, and there's a tag yeah. question on there. Oh, yeah. And his second, he has a follow-up no, saying... No, t- uh, Chase, don't don't. Oh, that's a different person. Yeah, it's a Sorry. different guy. I'm starting to... We're starting to get so many similar questions. I'm trying to lump them together so we can get both of them on there. Hmm. So the, I guess the follow-up question, is, or the second question is from Chase Dunyas. Down, down. 
Oh, here <laughs> fucking it comes. up your name. Sorry, yeah, Chase. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> you got it, Chase. Uh, for you. Yeah, there you go, bud. Should have spelled it out for me. Uh, can you qu- can you quench a knife in canola oil? All right. So the first question: What do you guys think about uh, how hot the oil? The temperature of oil. Um, yeah. I do pretty much like you said. I I have a a, a big piece of a piece of O one steel, which when I do a heat treat, I'll, I'll heat that at the same time, and I just dunk it in um, and get the oil warm. Um, but you know, it's all apparently it's all down to viscosity, and you know, and you you want to be at the right viscosity, which means it needs to be the right temperature to quench well. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm not that precise about it to be honest with you. I just dump dump some hot steel in it. Um, and just get it, you know, warm to the touch and use it that way. Um, and with regards to, can you quench in canola oil? Um, I did for about two years before I bought any sort of Parks 50 um, for, you know, your your easier carbon steels. Um, I use canola oil for quite some time, but um, it stunk my shop out. That's what it will do. <laughs> the canola oil did? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but what about you guys? Do you, do you um, get a precise temperature on the oil? I mean, so the oil should reflect the steel that you're working with. Um, so there's basically, uh, I guess, more generally speaking, there's like a shallow quenching oil that goes along with shallow quenching steels like W2 or other shallow quenching, like 1095 and others like those, uh, W1 as well. Uh, but then there's the deeper hardening uh, steels like 5200, 5160, O1, um, those like a, a kind of a, a more viscous oil, like triple A. Mm-hmm. These are these oils are made pr- to properly harden um, at the right speed. I, I can't, rem- I don't remember the exact system they rate them by, but they, there's so many seconds I think uh, to quench a, a one inch round bar, and so you'll see an oil says this oil is you know, 11 seconds versus other oil is something, uh, you know, five seconds or something like that. I have numbers. And you do have numbers. Yeah. Right? Oh, you, you know what? You did I did research. I, well, I mean, you know, that, that I, I don't claim to know anything. And if I can try to figure it out or find it for somewhere else, I actually went to, we covered this before, but I went to USA Knife Maker and they have all the information on the difference between Parks 50 and Parks AAA. And what you're referring to is the nickel ball time. Which is mm. for the? Uh, what, what are you laughing about? The, what are you laughing about? You <laughs> go, go ahead, go ahead. giggling. Go the ahead. the Parks Fifty uh, is uh, seven to nine seconds uh, where the okay. where uh, at a hundred degrees the oil, and the triple A. Well, maybe I fucked up. I think I fucked up. I think I fucked up. <laughs> so you, you took no, 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 no. I didn't fuck up. I didn't fuck up. And tra- Parks AAA okay. is 100 degrees, and it is 9 to 11 seconds, the nickel ball time. Okay. Fine. Okay. Uh, back, um, I'm sorry for interrupting. God damn it. No, you're good. That's perfect. I, I um, Unfortunately, you know, I thought I was going full blast, and I made a mistake. Easy. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, the Parks 50, though, it, it does have an optimal operating temperature range, which is around... 50 to I think a very maximum or sorry 50 degrees Fahrenheit to a very maximum of like 110 degrees Fahrenheit and then um and uh triple a has an optimal operating range between 120 to 140 or so degrees um 
I actually just used the AAA and I heated the oil up by quenching a hot piece of steel in it. But I had a thermometer ready, so I was watching the temperature. And I, I only did it, uh, quench that steel for, I don't know, maybe five or six seconds. And the oil had already shot up to almost 200 degrees. So then I had to let the oil come back down, which actually took probably about 10, 15 minutes uh, to come back down uh, before... Um, and timed it just right with the knife. So as the knife was coming up to proper temperature and it had time to soak, um, that I was coming out of the oven and quenching into the 120 degree AAA uh, oil. So there are optimal uh, operating, I guess, temperature ranges for the different oils. And there, you know, you can heat them up a lot of different ways. Um, mm. Quenching, you know, I, the way I heat up the bar is like as my even heat's coming up the temperature, I just, I have a, what is it? It's like a half inch by one and a half inch by maybe eight inch piece of, of mild steel stock. I let it come up the temperature and when, it, when the, uh, the kiln is up to, at around a hundred or 1200 degrees or sorry, a thousand or 1200 degrees, I pull it out and quench that in the oil. So as it's still continuing to come up the temperature, I usually have a tendency to, for the oil to get too hot. So it gives the oil time to come back down, uh, in temp. <clears throat> and so I've seen people using sort of electrical elements, like a cattle element in their yeah. quench tank and that kind of thing as well. So you can control it a bit better. Yeah. yeah there are these belts that you can get uh from like msc and especially if you're if you're using a, a tube to quench your oil in a metal tube you can just use these uh, uh these straps um that mm, will br br brew belts people use them when they're brewing oh, yeah? beer a lot yeah yeah brew nice. belts they're, they're really cheap and that you can you can dial your temperature in hadn't thought Perfect. of that good idea yeah 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 and you you can nail that temperature perfectly um mm. so yeah I think, a lot oh, of times go ahead I've definitely quenched in canola oil and had good results. Um, but that was kind of when I was first starting out on my own and didn't have a good resource for kind of more, I don't know, steel or sorry, oils specifically designed for quenching specific steels. And the, and then I, once I got a hold of some of those oils, I basically have stopped using the canola. But I, I still keep it handy, especially for like shop, shop knives or something like it's just a little shitter beater knives so one of the things is we get a lot of questions i notice and generally they are can you do this can you use this is it all right to use this and i and i always think ah this will be good for the show or this won't be good for the show and i always think to myself you can do whatever you want you could fucking quench your knife in the toilet bowl for all i care a question <laughs> of if it's not going to work or not so you have these you you have these scientific you know things that say here's what works best for this. Here's what works best for this. This is your optimal temperature. This is the temperature you need to get the steel this steel to. This is the type of quenching you should use. This is the heat that you should use. This is going to give you the most efficient experience. So when it comes to can you use this shit? Yeah, if it works it works. If it doesn't break and you cross your fingers and it works, God bless you. But it, you know, these are the, 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 the what the science is is they're trying to give you the most accurate way that you can get consistent results. So mm. I mean, I I don't know, man. Okay, yeah. the next the next question comes from Kale B Gant. Good old Kale B. Hey cuties, can I ask you a question? When doing the hoff co the coffee treat the co the coffee treatment. On a six inch to eight inch 50, uh, uh, 15 and 20 slash uh, 1084 Damascus blade, how long would you leave it in for? 
Also, does it matter what type of coffee? And then Gabe Robinson adds, Hey cuties, can I inquire a question of y'all? When doing the coffee itch, does the coffee need to be hot? Rick, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I'm so, here. So how long do you how long do they leave it in and does the coffee have to be hot? Uh so if it's a fresh batch batch, excuse me, of Nescafe Classico Dark Roast, which is the one I've I've been using most reliably uh i've i've tried a lot of different uh instant coffees uh and the the nescafe classical dark roast is the only one that i've found um that works consistently for me uh when it comes to mixture ratio um if i like basically it's a two to one ratio so say i was using one pint of water i would oh geez that would be a lot of coffee but anyways uh you would do basically two pints or sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, if I was, yeah, so it's two parts water to one part coffee. God, I'm getting all twisted up. All right, so if I was using one pint of water, then I would only use eight ounces of instant coffee. Uh, but only is in quotations because that's a strong mixture. You don't want to taste it. Jeff can attest to that. Um, but uh, when it comes to how long you leave it in there, so I mix it up hot, I let it cool down to at least room temperature, and then um, you know I I check it every thirty minutes. But it's you. I usually find that around uh, one and a half hours to two and a half hours, uh, my my steel has come up to really nice high contrast uh, that I like. Um, you, I've I've also found you know I don't want to. You don't want to take it to too high of a finish. I've I've tried hand sanding to like three thousand grit, and it just does not etch properly. The the fifteen and twenty ends up getting um, super dark, and and I'm not exactly sure why it does that, but it, it's weird because like at two thousand grit, it's fine. Um, so uh, that's how I I prepare the steel before I put it in the coffee, uh, and then oh, uh, so when it comes to doing it hot, you can get results doing it hot but they're less consistent um so that's that's all i would say i've i've been getting the best results and most consistent results um when i do the coffee basically cold either cold like refrigerator cold i've even done them in the refrigerator as long as my container could fit in the refrigerator or at room temperature um but the most most consistent results i've ever gotten actually were cold in the refrigerator oh there you go here we go. Ice okay. coffee. Just going back to the previous question from Oz Hughes, um, asking, can you quench a knife in canola oil? Um, we all mentioned uh, a Parks 50. Um, but actually, one of our, one of our uh, sponsors, Texas Farrow Supply, they sell quench oils, and they sell the Maxim 50, which is like a Parks 50 uh, alternative, okay. if you like. Sure. Um, as well as lots of other stuff, obviously, for the knife maker. But uh, yeah, if you're looking for quench oils, uh, Texas Farrow Supply, they do sell it. So com. And remember, if you're using the Knife Talk 10 uh, promo code, you're going to get 10% off. Mm-hmm. But remember, they also sell all our favorite sandpaper, which is the RhinoWet. RhinoWet sandpaper. Uh, all three of us use it. It saves us time and therefore it saves us money. And and they sell it at Texas Fire Supply, all the grits that you'd need. So head on over to TexasFireSupply.com and use that promo code Knife Talk 10 and get 10% off. There you go. Look at you. As we were. Way look, at, we look, were. At, look at you. Look at you sneaking it in. Look at you. <laughs> nice. Where are we? I, the next one is from Jason Moss. Oh, actually, do you have anything to add about the coffee, Jeff? No. I know you get upset I, I, if we don't include you on No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, listen, <laughs> I, I, it's fine by me. 
Okay. Jason Moss asks, when a knife maker goes from being a hobbyist to selling knives under a business name, is there any sort of liability insurance that is required or suggested under the company name in the event of a customer harmed by one of your knives, either through accident or worse circumstances? He also said, is that is that a thing people considering a business should plan for? And Chad Kimmel also adds to that. Um, when setting up an LLC, did you all take out a line of credit in your business? So, so business-related questions regarding insurance, that kind of thing. Um, it's going to be very different for me because I'm not in the state. So I'll hand over to you guys. Then I'll just put the you know my sort of two cents in for what it's like here in Europe. What do you got, Jeff? Well, I once again, if I don't know, I'll ask somebody. So I was lucky enough. My business partner Tony Ayatsi who is the host of Overseasoned Podcasts on the Make Green Network, I sent him a message say, hey, Tony, I got a question for you to answer. So he wrote to me and he goes, you don't need insurance at all unless you want to have it for someone else, uh, if someone else requires it of you, like a landlord. It's mm. general liability insurance, which every business should, have, should consider having. Yeah, so if you're trying to, you know, you're renting, you're renting a building, you're renting a space, you might need to have that. Uh, he says, we actually have a hard time getting it because hunting knives in the business description makes it tough for insurance companies to want to deal with us. Uh, so we stop using the word, the word hunting knife. Uh, <laughs> it also covers all of your equipment and inventory. And he says, and I would say uh, sales tax is the most annoying part of going from hobby to business. Right. And we do file quarterly sales tax and it's just a fucking giant pain in the ass. So that's the answer. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, that's basically the exact same thing that we do. We have our own liability and like business insurance that covers all that same stuff. If for some reason I, I read the question differently and it sounds like he's saying, you know, if I just changed the name, does that change the liability? And it doesn't matter what the fuck you call yourself. You're, if you don't have insurance, you potentially could have somebody trying to turn around and shove that knife back up your ass well, um so not, yeah baby oh, so <laughs> i would definitely say uh you know get some insurance no matter what and business quote-unquote business name or not it's not a business name until you register it with your local governments and you have a business license or anything like that so so are you both guys are you trading as an llc yes yes Okay, so Chad Kimmel adds to that. Um, did you all take out a line of credit for your business? No, we did not. Okay, okay. So it's it's very different here in Europe. Um, you we can have obviously a limited company, which I th assume is is very similar to what your guys' LLC is. So certainly in the UK, you have a limited company, or you could be a sole trader, which means that you sort of employ yourself. Um, but here in France, um, we have um, what they call an entrepreneurship type thing. So you can essentially, you are a sole trader. So you're working for yourself, but not for a larger company, um, which gives you the rights of a company, um, but you pay slightly different taxes, that kind of thing. And in regards to insurance, yeah, you want a liability insurance um, because people are crazy. Um, and you want to protect yourself. Um, yeah. And I think particularly if you've got a, a property as well, which, which you know, you're, you're making your knives, and let's say people come to the property, um, you definitely need a liability insurance for that because they could trip and hurt themselves and that kind of thing. So it's, it's very little money, liability insurance. Um, I think I pay probably about 300 euros a whole year. It's very, very little. 
And I hope that I'll never have to claim on a liability insurance because that means somebody's either hurt hurt themselves or, or something. So, yeah, just get yourself liability insurance. Um, and with regards to the sort of structure of your company, it's going to vary where you are. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, there's going to be some local sort of business help for you wherever you are, I'm pretty sure, who sure. sort of advise you on the tax implications and all the rest of it. Yeah, in my local area, we have a uh, what's called the the Economic Development Council, and so the goal for this group is to help actually small businesses in the local area have access to the resources and people who can help explain things um, that they should be getting to cover themselves and all that kind of stuff based on the kind of business they're doing. Um, and I think most places do, and and at least each state has. Or, you know, there's the, like in the United States, there's the small business administration. And so, and I, th I think in Washington, we have, you know, we have a very specifically catered to Washingtonians and the rules here in Washington. And so I think most states probably have kind of a similar thing um, where the, where the administration breaks down more specifically to your state and the, and the rules that govern your state. Um, when it comes to the line of credit, why would you want a line of credit? Is that a cash flow thing to help you make sure that like you you got money to pay the bills and buy inventory like uh, materials and stuff yeah. before you even get your first couple knives yeah. sold or yeah. yeah for upgrades you know whatever line of credit is okay. so you have you know you have a little money up front so you can buy shit. I would like to apologize to you both for lining up the questions because I am fucking bored. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for saying that. I apologize. I apologize. I have bored myself. I apologize. You were going I should, full blast. I, it's fucking petered out, and I apologize. Yeah, bus businessy questions probably. And probably it's not, not the, the guys people, who wrote it. It's the curator. I curated the questions in a terrible way. I apologize. It's my fault. The questions were fine. I didn't use my head. Okay. okay you pick the next question, Jeff. Oh, for fuck's sake. And there's a bit of pressure on you now. This better be a good one. Uh, okay. This one comes from Old Orchard Forge. Hey, you sexy beasts. See, it's already waking me up. If you could have, a, if you could have make one style of knife the rest of your life, what grinder would you be grinding them on? Oh. I can see where this is going. I'll tell you what grinder I'll be grinding them on. I'll grind them on a motherfucking Broadback Ironworks 2x72 grinder. It is a grinder made by knife makers for knife makers. Ryan and Vince are knife makers. They both compete on Forge and Fire. They use grinders. They know what they like, and they know what they don't like. So when they built this, pro this Broadback, they used their knowledge to create something, and it can work. It can work horizontally. It can work vertically. It's got a long platen. I just saw they uh, took one of their uh, surface grinder attachments down to our buddy uh, Kurt Halland, and he was using it on his Instagram. They were trying it out. They're doing new all these new attachments, like integral uh, bolster grinding uh, attachments. They got uh, all sorts of stuff. You don't need a million arms. Uh, they all everything fits into the slack belt arm. Um, they. The, the you you put it together so the price it, the shipping is not is part of the price of the whole thing they're giving you value so, and if you go to broadbeckironworks.com and you give them promo code knife talk 5 they are going to give you 5% off and it's worth it and a lot of times you got to keep and and I'll say this follow them because 
they're always throwing up all sorts of deals like on our holiday times or uh, they're constantly like throwing up these like quick little discounts like they do it i've never seen a company give more like quick let's just do this discount right here this weekend only they'll they're they really want to move them very fast so go follow them on instagram broadback ironworks they're great they just brought it uh machine down to jason knight there it's it's everyone loves them it's it, it, there's I'm, I'm getting only good things and knife the listeners of knife talk are their number one source for good vibes and volume thank you so much broadbeckironworks.com knife talk five nice. that's the answer to the question let's go i gotta tip my hat to old orchard forge with the uh I, that's a smart move if you want your question read it should be a lead into a sponsor but should well, be a legitimate question. You should you now you should thank me because I curated it to do that. So that's Perfect. nothing to do with him. But I think that he was giving me the old. He gave me the assist. You, nice. you didn't actually answer his question. I don't care. Um, you could only make one style of knife the rest of your life. On your broadback ironwork grinder, what would that be? It would probably be an eight-inch chef knife. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I agree. I think mine would be pretty much the same, yeah. A That's very sort of uh, European-style 8-inch uh, chef knife. Yeah. That's it? Yep. Yeah, all three of us. <laughs> <laughs> Chef's knives for life. Oh, uh, fucking Ken. Yeah. Fucking Ken. I, just, I just, just seen the, read next, the, que- the next Just one. fucking read the question. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even read the question yet, you fucking Ken. Don't worry you about Ken. Ken. Yeah, no, if yeah, Morocco could read it, Morocco I'm read disgusted it. over Craig's, here. Craig's too much of a baby. Go ahead. <laughs> this is from uh, Ken Lu. Um, Lau? Lu? I think it's Lau. But Ken Lu. Let's say Lu. Ken Lu. <laughs> you guys talk shit. You may as well be Kenny Lu. You He's motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, I get, read these questions and everyone's writing their names phonetically because you guys fuck their names up so much. <laughs> oh, well. All right. He says, there you go. He says hey, hey, cuties. This ain't a question about just wanting. Just or sorry, this ain't a question. Just wanted start. to say thanks to Jeff for his bolognese recipe. I tried it with milk this weekend, and it made all the oh, difference. Shit. The whole family loved it, That's so it. I don't know why Craig was giving Jeff so much shit for this recipe. Anyways, uh, guys, take care and keep up the great work. Ken from Bury Lancashire, UK. You can see, you can see, Jeff made up these questions, can't you? What do you, you think? You think I made up? Obviously. You think I created? Ken, I, you think that I created? <laughs> can you You think I fucking created Ken Lau from Lancaster, UK? Really? <laughs> That's some low down, down, dirty shit right there. If I'm gonna do it, it's gonna sound like my voice. Milk in a bolognese. Oh, you, come on, you, have some self-respect. You, Jesus Christ! You are you you are delusional. You're delusional and deluded. You're deluded, but fine. <laughs> Live your fucking life. He's giving me a compliment. You, whatever. Let's go on. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. He, he's creeping. You're he's welcome, creeping. Ken. He's cre- he doesn't really mean Shut it. Shut the fuck he up. Really he loves it. He says his whole family loved it. Come he on. He just wants his name read out on the podcast. Fine. He doesn't mean Done. it. Done. Mission accomplished. Good job, he Ken. <laughs> if you guys were any compliments. Ball shaver, Jeff. <laughs> don't worry about that. It's not up yet. <laughs> Listen, if you guys give, if you write, com- I, I here's, you really want the inside scoop. If you give me compliments, I promise you that it will be on, read on the co- podcast. Stop it with the hey cutie. Stop it with the sexy beast. You give me a compliment. I promise you it will be on because flattery gets you everywhere with me. I am shallow. So fuck you. <laughs> this is the wrong, wrong ending, but what do you do? Yeah, you can. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a terrible. Go ahead. Come on. Okay. Trinity Edge is the next question from. Um, hey, guys, can I ask you a question? How do you go about grinding bevels after heat treat without burning the crap out of your thumbs? Mm. 
take it slow and easy. Yeah. I, I have it. Oh, sorry. No, go there ahead. Go. Knock them out. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I keep a, a bucket right below my grinder. One, to help catch uh, sparks and stuff and steel coming off the blade, but also uh, for quenching the knife in quite uh, frequently. Like every, I would say probably every 10 seconds or so, especially when the the geometry of the knife is getting really thin. Um, and especially at the edge, I make sure that I'm in that bucket probably, like I said, every 10 seconds just to help make sure. And it's probably overkill, but I it's just the last thing I want to do after all of the work that I've put into forging a blade, making the steel and grinding and heat treating everything is to fuck it up by burning up the edge. Um, so that would be, yeah. that's what and I don't, got. don't be cheap on your belts. Use fresh belts. Oh yeah. Freshies. You know, don't, don't keep those belts just standing there when, once you've used them, get rid of them and use a, use a fresh belt each time. And if you're doing that and you're taking your time, you, you should be good, good to go. Well, the hardest part is, is the difference between the way certain steels grind. I mean, when I'm grinding mm. 440C after it's been heat treated, it is fucking wear resistant. I'm going through belts yeah. like crazy. So... It also depends on that, but I'm with you 100%. I actually, I try not to wear gloves because a couple things. One is I want to feel that the steel is very hot because then I'll know to quench or, or dump it in the bucket just so I know if, if it's too hot for my fingers and it should be in the water. And the yeah. other thing is um, I try not to wear gloves too because um, if the blade gets hot and my hands or my gloved hands are filled with water, it like turns like the fucking glove into steam and then I burn myself that way. And I also can't feel how hot the steel is, but mm. I fucking don't like it either. Trust me. I've tried like rubber gloves. I've tried everything. I put a little, sometimes what I, my favorite thing to do is I'll put a little bit of um, electric tape on my thumb. And then that way I can still feel the heat, but it's not burning my finger. Mm. Do, you, do you know when you dunk, you dunk in, in your, in your, in your tank yeah. um, to cool it down. Right. Do you then wipe that water off? Because I remember reading once how the, the water is a good carrier for the heat. So if, they, if there's any drips on, on, on your blade and you're putting it back to the belt, that carries heat quicker than, than if it didn't have water, if that makes yeah. any sense. I try to wipe it down because I think, in my mind, I think that the water is fucking the it's belt the best up. place to think in the mind, yeah. Thanks, Bolognese. <laughs> fucking guy. <laughs> I'm, you know, Jesus Christ. You motherfucker, you. You motherfucker, you. <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. Okay, okay. okay. I feel uh, like I'm I fucking mean, up the belts with the water. Yeah, uh, that, that's probably another thing as well, actually, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to be making sure we're grinding with fresh belts, though, I, I mean, I, I always dunk in the water. I never dry off the blade. Um. And I've never had any problems. And I think, mm. if anything, it, the water kind of, it, on the, either on a wet belt or on the blade, kind of replicates wet grinding a little bit, but definitely not to the same level as actual wet grinding, using some sort of like a drip system or something like that to help keep the, wet, the belt wet while you're grinding. Um, but I, yeah, I never, I, I do a lot of dunking and I never dry off the knife. Okay. And uh, it seems to work for me. Mm. Okay. So the main point there is fresh belts. And do you know what belts we use? Combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! There we go. 
15% off all your belts at Combat Abrasives. And they, um, use Knife Talk 15. And they got more stuff than just belts. They oh, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'll tell you what. If you guys make Kydex sheaths, they sell the uh, – I found this out from uh, Andreas Kalani. They sell the uh, buffing wheels for Kydex. If there's specific wheels f- made for buffing the edges of Kydex, oh, and they sell that, and I actually that was really helpful to me, and I didn't know it until I was watching Andreas Kalani's video. When you know you after you cut it and put it all together, you want to get a nice kind of like uh, shiny edge. There's is a that spe- like burnished in leather? Right, is it, is it the same sort of thing. Yes, and it's specific nice. for Kydex, and there's a specific blue or purpley blue violet compound specifically for Kydex. So combat has that. Do you know if let's say you were to do that, right. um, do you would you keep a specific buffing wheel for that? Yes, with that one compound. Oh yeah, so I I my, right, okay. I have uh, two. I have three different uh, buffing wheels. Ooh, listening you, you little <laughs> four-eyed fuck! I can't believe it. You t- <laughs> what the fuck? You're taking the piss out of me today. Fine, I, I'll get my revenge at the end of this. I'll get my revenge. Okay. Ooh, 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 totally like set that. you up for that too. <laughs> well, was a good. You got me there. You got me there. You little bastard. You. No, I'm just wondering. Because, <laughs> now uh, you're wondering. <laughs> I use a bunch of different compounds with it, and I tried to keep the you know the same one, but you know I don't always. And I'm just wondering if it's good practice. To, so it seems like it is. You fucking got me. Yeah, I mean, I definitely do. I have. I have one. I have three as well actually i I think i actually have like eight Um, uh but you know the the different buffs are made for different type of uh or made from different uh material and they're sewn differently uh but yeah i got one for like the white and the pink (laughs) uh the black the green oh and also the i i also just have a clean buff i don't have i don't use any compounds on it so i actually have probably 10 buffing wheels how the other half lives (laughs) (laughs) how the other (laughs) woodsman that's that's coming from lord lord uh lord lord lockwood of uh the sherwood forest (laughs) okay um Alan Johnson, um, here's a question for you. If someone comes to you with a design of a knife that they've done themselves and asks you to make it for them, is it rude to say, I'm not making that? It looks shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably is to reply with, it looks shit. But, uh, <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I'd say it is rude to reply in that manner. Um, but no, to tell people that you, it, it's your it's you. Your, it's your business. It's, it's your, you know. It's your decision what business you want to take. You don't have to do any, anybody's work. Um, so, no, it's not rude to say, oh, I'm sorry, that's not the style that I traditionally do, so I won't do it. But I wouldn't say, no, it looks shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's all sorts of lines of people's feelings of what's rude and what's polite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no, I, I think that, yeah, the point is you, you – <laughs> it's it's your business. It's 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 your reputation on the line. Whatever. You, if you're not comfortable making something, I don't think there's any problem saying you know I'm I'm not comfortable making this. Or even maybe refer him to another. I'd refer him to Jeff and yeah. say Jeff Jeff makes <laughs> shit like this. <laughs> Just refer him to Jeff. You fucker! You you taking the piss out of me all day. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? Is I would totally I I figured out little ways to talk to people. To not have, I've created this persona where I'm kind of like ornery, so I can say something. Like, I'm not making that. 
I've done that mm. a million times. I am not making that. Leave me alone, gut hook. I'm not making you a fucking gut hook. Leave me alone. Get out of here. And they're like, yeah. oh, that rascal Jeff is being ornery. And I, you know, I don't <laughs> check the rest of my DMs. I ain't making that. <laughs> that looks like <laughs> shit. <laughs> that looks shit. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm making that. That looks like shit. Uh, what the I have said what the fuck what the fuck do you want me to make you out of your mind like that fucking one a couple episodes ago that that guy wanted for the oh actually I just didn't even reply mm. that was much more polite than that looks shit yeah <laughs> but I think you know I, I've already said it twice I think but what most of us work for ourselves we're our own boss and our output that we put out there is reflection on us so yeah, don't feel pressured into doing something you don't want to do. That's that's why you work for yourself. But here's here's a, here's something that happens, and there's a pers- there's specific types of people who they like to go into a restaurant and they like to look at the menu and then they say, "I want this from the me- I don't want this from the menu. I want you to take this side and this, and I want you to change this." And at some point, you go to that particular restaurant and you say, "I used to say all the time, what does the chef like the best?" What is this? What is the thing that he thinks is the best thing on the menu? And I used to do that all the time because I thought, why don't I give? Why don't I give a choice and I can make a decision on the restaurant based on what I think he does best? So sometimes people they like what they like, and, and I'll get messages about I want you to do this and I want you to do this and I want you to do this. And I don't like the way you do this. I want to do it different. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, I've I've already kind of established that this works better than the way you want it. Why not just go with the? If you want my knife, then this is my knife. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think yeah. that you have to kind of make that very clear. But at the same time, I always usually, usually when I get those messages, I'll think, what, a, what is he, what does, what is he doing this? But I think, eh, if he pays, fine. I'm uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm in this for business here. So if he wants it to look like shit, I'm going to make it the shittiest I can make it. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like shit. I've, you're right. Pay up. Yeah. 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 It's nothing. It's, it's something that I wouldn't do. I think if you're going to, you know, a supposed expert in whatever they do, let them, you know, you go into them because they know more than you. So let them do what they're, they're best at. Yeah. Rather than going with, you know, some prescribed sort of design and so on that, you know. Right. Yeah. But it, these people, these people, they want to feel like they're part of it. I've changed what he, I've done this. I've changed it because this is what I want. And mm. it's like, you know, give them the pay. Oh, fuck, I'll make you whatever shit you want. Within reason, of course. Yeah. I mean, I like Craig's advice. I'll just send him all to Jeff. That way, Jeff has funny stories <laughs> send, to tell send us. Him to, you know what? Thank God for the funny stories because now, just remember, I use them all for content. So now everybody is like, and now I, all of a sudden I have like three hours to fill a week. So I'm fucking grabbing every low-hanging fruit I can. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, I did the last one. And we'll take the next one. Yeah. Is it the Chris Adams, right? Yeah. Mm, yeah. All right. He says, "Hey, cuties, I have a question. How can the hobby maker objectively test their heat treat short of buying a Rockwell tester?" We talked about files a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was, like, I, I specific... only recently, only recently had a tester myself. Um, mm. But yeah, I there's a few things, I suppose. Um, see, if there's a, a community of makers around you, and if so, maybe one of them has has a Rockwell tester, and if you sure. buy them a beer, maybe they'll give you half an hour with their machine. Um, sounds, or, ooh, sounds, yeah, sounds very raunchy there. <laughs> half an hour. Buy them a drink. Yeah, I mean, you know, give them a, f- f- a few beers and leave, the, ro- leave and, the room. Yeah. I mean, what, <laughs> what the fuck? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it depends where you live, but there, there may well be another maker with a tester. And, you know, I think they'd be a bit of a dick if they said you couldn't use it. Um, but, so give them um, a beer or they're a dick. That's a, that's your yeah. answer. <laughs> God. W Lockwood. Or if, you, if you've got a, a certain way, that which, which you always do, if you can be very consistent in the way that you do it, maybe look at sending them out to be heat treated. Um, but if you're not being consistent in the way you're doing it, there'd be little point in doing that. Um, or yeah, as as Marco just said, you you can buy files, Rockwell files, um, and you scratch the blade and you see where the you know yeah. when the scratch will sort of hit the blade. That's how hard your sure. your knife will be. And shout out to Mareko's former shopmate Matt I was Parkinson. Just say, yeah, he makes he makes these uh, hardness uh, chisels, and I bought a set, and they weren't expensive, and they're excellent. They're excellent. Um, and he had the each each file was uh, was heat treated and Rockwell tested, and you scratch with it, and it's great. And he actually was you know he's like ah a lot of people say this isn't as good, and he had brought he had brought and he's you know Matt is is without question an expert, and um, he actually brought them to uh, I think it was Kevin Cash, Cashin, Kevin Cashin, and Kevin Cashin said these are excellent. These are excellent ways to find uh, um, hardness. Now, it's also depend, but some of the things he he says they don't work on all steel. Like I'm under the impression that like some carbide stainless steels don't give you an accurate right. reading with the with the blades, like AEBL and Nitro V. It's hard to use them, but um, maybe you can elaborate, Maraca. Yeah, I mean it's just because the carbides um, will give you a harder reading than is. Um, it, like where you go to bite in with the chisel, if it happens to hit a carbine, it's going to skip right over that, um, versus, um, or, and because that carbide is mixed in with the, you know, the overall rest of the iron, the steel matrix of whatever the specific steel is, um, that's where a, and like a dimple hardening, uh, hardness test would really kind of give you a more accurate, but with, especially with like carbon steels, um, where they, um, you know, they don't necessarily have those larger carbides um, that kind of mess with the reading, then uh, the chisels do a pretty damn good job. Um, and they are, like you were saying, they're much more affordable <laughs> than a Rockwell hardness tester. I think um, you'll you'll be lucky if you can find a, a solid Rockwell tester for less than $1,500, $2,000. Craig, Craig found one for less than that, right? I, I did. Know. I was very, very lucky. Yeah. Um, I think I paid... Can't remember. I think it was about 300, 300 pounds, uh, British pounds. But was while I was over in the UK, um, nice. it cost me a fortune to get it back to France. But it's uh, yeah. If if you look out, um, I was looking on eBay, which I have done for months. I've always had alerts set for um, hardness testers, but they always seem to go very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but but th- this one, for some reason, it hadn't, and it it is like brand new. So there are some bargains out there. Um, and unfortunately, as you know, more and more companies will be uh, shutting up shop. Um, there, there's going to be bargains out there. So yeah, just keep your ears, pe- ears, ears peeled, your ears to the ground, yeah. and I'm sure <laughs> something will will come up. And listen to the handmade podcast with Chris Zeppereri, Paul Pinto, and Derek from Malden because uh, Chris is a genius when it comes to finding things, mm-hmm. and he does. He's going to be doing a lot of tips in regards to how you can find equipment uh, inexpensively, how you can get a good deal. He's like the king. He's the king of finding good good deals, and he actually found a few Rockwell testers. So definitely nice. listen to the Handmade Podcast on the Makery cool. Network. Exactly. <laughs>
Exactly. So we've done loads of questions. Um, I'm going to give one now. If you two guys can just look through the list and find a good question. Um, just one left, and then we'll move on to uh, Community Showcase. Okie doke. Uh, David Pinn asks, have you guys jumped on the sourdough bandwagon? <laughs> Which everybody seems to be doing at the moment. Now, now flour is becoming available again. Um, I did, um, and I think I said at the time, it's it's just like a middle-aged crisis with a Tamagotchi. Everybody's trying to keep their sourdoughs alive, and um, I failed quite badly. So um, I, I think I made maybe two loaves out of it. And, you know, for those who haven't done it, you, you have a like a, a, a live yeast sort of starter, which you need to keep feeding to keep it alive. And that's your, you know, your rising agent for your, for your bread. Um, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So if you're not doing them regularly, um, I'd say maybe just go to the store and buy some. Um, but if you're one of those people who like to, you know, bake bread, you know, maybe two, three times a week or even more, yeah, go for it. But it's, yeah, be prepared for uh, a lot of work. Waking up in the morning, like, how's the sourdough going? It's, yeah, it's a lot of work. Ugh, what, looks have, like you a... guys, have you guys uh, done your own sourdoughs? No. Baking's for fruits. What? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Baking <laughs> is for fruits. Unless that's, our, that's our comment. Unless the, the fruit's uh, on it. Don't do it, yeah. please. Don't do it. Don't, don't do that. I hate the way you name all our podcasts. I hate the way you name my podcast. <laughs> Fucking guy. Uh, I have been making more pizza dough, but I'm not interested in this. I love sourdough, but I'm not interested in making my own sourdough. Yeah. Mm. The, it's I'm all right. so much work. I mean, I was reading the, the New York Times. The New York Times is a great bread recipe, and it's just like I'm looking at it. I'm like, hey, hey Lyle, let's make this bread. And this for 12 hours, and this for 13 hours, and this is for five hours, and then you gotta do this. I'm like, I'm not doing any of this. It's enough. I'll tell you what, I have been making a lot of though is like flatbreads, you know, just mm. super sort of five minute flatbreads because they're super easy. Um, and you know, to make wraps and you know, things you know, to, to go with sauces and that, it's super, super simple. Uh, PS. I I got a pizza stone after being getting all frothed up about oh. after getting all frothed up about um, your pizza oven real frothed mm. up, and then someone slipped into my DMs to tell me that it's not going to work on a barbecue grill because you don't have the convection on top, and yes, I thought exactly ah it'll be fine. He was right, so I, I it worked. I got it. I got the stone super hot on the grill, and then I finished it on in the broiler, which I'm actually gonna redo, and I'm gonna do something different. I, there's a product out there that um I think I don't remember what it's called, but it's basically it's like it, put, it makes your propane torch into a broiler. So I'm actually gonna do a little oh, bit. Yeah. Of, we'll do that, but yes, the whoever slipped into my DMs to say that, thank you very much. You were right. I was wrong. Yeah. And, and what, what I tend to do when I'm using the, the pizza oven as well, so obviously you've got the, the, you know, the floor, which is stone, which is, you know, super hot, but you've got lots and lots of heat in that dome. So what I tend to do is, you know, it'll cook for maybe 30, 40 seconds on the bottom on the stone. It gets all crispy. Um, but then I, I, I put the, the peel, you know, that big paddle thing. I'll, I'll, I'll then lift the pizza up into the, into the dome part where it's super, super hot just to make sure the top gets, you know, gets done yeah. as well otherwise it could be quite sort of doughy and so sure. on sure um but yeah you would you obviously wouldn't be able to do that in, in, in a standard oven so yeah lots of like little tips and tricks with with uh with the pizza oven i love it mm. what have you got what have you got what have you uh, got I, yeah do it because i'm looking for one that i'm trying to find 
Sure. This one's from Brody Donnelly Blades. Uh, he says, a few episodes ago, you guys talked about foggy spots of 1084. Are you of or in? I'm not sure. Don't matter. Uh, are you are you able to explain more on why that happens? Um, I'm not quite sure. I remember what he's talking about. He's talking about know? the what we were. We had an episode where we were talking about auto hormones. It's I think he's what he's talking about is um, mm. austenite not converting over to martensite with shallow hardening steels. That's sure. what I think it is. You want okay. to explain that again? Uh, well, really quick. Yeah. So if shit, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> um, I don't remember actually that conversation. All you right. Well, we were talking about how sometimes with like 1084, my brain's totally taking a shit. What's you know? We, we, sometimes this happened to me where where I'm quenching 1084, and then I think that I've gotten it all. And then you'll find an auto hormone, or you'll see uh, you'll see these spots that are obviously uh, they look they're foggy. They're these blotches. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that means yeah, just like you were saying, yeah. it, it didn't. There wasn't a f- complete transformation uh, because it, it basically the steel didn't quench in enough time or in, in a short enough period of time, um, and so, so parts of it are hard. Ideally, along the edge, some of them are still not fully transformed or didn't get a chance to transform to martensite because they didn't cool down fast enough. Um, the only other thing, though, that I could think are some of the foggy spots, especially if you forged the blade and you're doing the finishing work and maybe you're etching it to try to make it dark or something like that, uh, is, is, that um, is that you're experiencing decarb. Um, cause I've been seeing people doing a lot more like blacked out blades and stuff like that. Um, but part of the problem is that if you have decarb on your mono steel blade and you get it all hand sand and everything, and then you dip it in the etch, uh, of some sort to darken it, um, you, the decarb areas will sh- come out as like bright foggy areas where the rest of everything else is dark. Um, and so the only trick to get, fix those is just to go deeper and get below that. Or when you're forging, allow room for getting below that before, um, before you get, do all that hand sanding and everything, because it is a bummer to have to go back in and start grinding again, um, after you've done all that work already the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, what have you got, what have you got Jeff? I tried to. There was a one that I was looking for, and I just can't find it. Um, is it complimenting you? Is no, it? it was a joke. It was. It, oh, I, I don't remember who the guy was, but the question was. I remember, I'll tell you what it was. My wife is about to have a child and she wasn't happy with me because I told a bad joke during delivery and she didn't like it. And I need to, I need a good joke to tell her while our next child is being born to lighten her spirits. What is the best joke that you have to lighten her spirits? Yeah, that's Holger's Wizball. Yeah. Oh, Holger good for you. You found it. I couldn't yeah, fucking find it. At the top. Yeah, towards the top there. Yeah. It's at the top? Yeah, we're expecting our second child this October. Any good jokes to lighten the mood in the delivery room? Perfect. My wife seemed none too pleased with my efforts last time. <laughs> Lots of love from DK. You got any good jokes? Um, no. I, I, yeah, you've got to be very careful. It's an emotional state you're in. You've got to be very careful there. Uh, you know, just something as simple as, I hope it's mine. You know, that w- wouldn't go down too well. <laughs> That's a terrible joke. That's a terrible yeah. joke, but it's funny too. Marekko, you got um, any good jokes to tell? No, I don't. Is he telling jokes to help himself or to help her? Because doesn't I don't matter. Know if that's necessarily Who cares? a good time to tell jokes. I think it's no, a great time to tell jokes. I got a great joke. <laughs> I got a great joke. 
these guys get invited to a birthday party and it's a, a surprise party, a costume party. So they say, all right, well, we want you to dress up as an emotion. Uh, you, we want you to come as an emotion. So these guys decide, okay, what are we going to do? So they come to the party the day and one guy is completely naked and he has a, um, a pear on his penis and the other guy is completely naked and he has his dick and balls into a bowl of vanilla pudding. So they knock on the door and they see, uh, they see oh, this guy, oh, that guy's green with envy. Oh, okay, that guy is, you know, whatever. And the, and the host comes in and looks at these two people and like, what are you? What are you dressed as? And the guy goes, we're dressed as emotions. Goes, what, what, what emotion is that? I'm deep in despair. And he's, oh, I fucking destroyed the fucking joke. <laughs> I'm deep in despair. I'm deep. <laughs> here we go. He's, oh, God damn it. I'm deep in despair. And he's fucking disgusted. Fucking terrible. Get it? He's fucking disgusted. Terrible. God damn it. You Jeez. should have seen my head almost hit the fucking ground when I fucked up that fucking punchline. I deserve. <laughs> so what, what, I deserve what all. Did this, what, what the second guy? What was he wearing? He what, was what naked was... with his dick and balls in a bowl of pudding. This this custard. He was, uh, was fucking disgusted. disgusted. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Yeah. Jesus Christ! I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm sweating. That was so bad. Fuck, I thought I was like, God, it's a fucking home run joke. And I was like, God damn, there was this silence. I fucked the punchline up. God. <laughs> what can you do? Anyway, shall we move on it and avoid your embarrassment? Fucking, I need a fucking, I need some water here. I want to go to choke over here. Community <sighs> showcase. Jesus, sage Christ. Okay, so this is the bit where we try to give... We haven't done this for a few weeks, actually, but we try to give a shout-out to people in the community um, where we've seen their work and we're impressed. Um, and I'll jump in first because I haven't had one for weeks now. Um, and it was somebody who contacted me just today, um, and it was Brian from Iconoclast uh, Craftworks, which is Iconoclast underscore Craftworks on Instagram. Um Beautiful, beautiful knives and some sort of like brute de forge stuff as well. Really old um, chef knives, that kind of thing. Table knives. Really beautiful work. Really clean, even though it's sort of purposely rough looking, if you know, like, brute de forge stuff, that kind of thing. But it, it, but it looks very clean. And the photography as well on his channel is, on his Instagram account, is is really beautiful. So go take a look up Iconoclast underscore Craftworks. Um, and the reason I bring him up, because he actually asked a question as well, and that's how he sort of came to my attention. Um, he asked about, um, he's been doing this for some time now, and he's got a, a great looking website and all that kind of thing, but he's just not getting any traction. He's not getting many orders. Um, and he asked if I had any advice. Um, and I don't. Just <laughs> yeah, Your knives are beautiful. You, your photography is beautiful. You've got a great website as well. Um, I just think maybe you're suffering what a lot of people are suffering at the moment is that people aren't buying um, so much maybe. Um, so, yeah, I haven't, I haven't really got any advice to give you because what you do, it looks, it looks beautiful um, and you present it very, very well too. Um, so, yeah, I'm not the person for to give you advice there because I don't know. I'm just a... I'm just a fan of your work. So anybody's got advice for him, please send it his way. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. You probably should <laughs> get some real shit in your inbox now. Um, but, um, iconoclast underscore craftworks. Um, and, and this guy is Brian. Go and take a look at his work. It's really beautiful stuff. And if you've got any tips for him, um, don't give them to me. 
Oh, God. So I have to open the door. I'm so fucking hot from that terrible bomb joke. <laughs> God. I'm literally like, it went from like, talk about even heat. I went fucking full. I went hot. I went hot real quick. <laughs> AFAP. <sighs> uh, who have you got, Morocco, for your community showcase? Yeah. So I want to give a shout out to my friend, Zach Worrell. He, his birthday was actually just on Saturday. Um, but he is a maker down in, I believe he's down in South Carolina. I'm going to screw, screw that up. I'm sorry, Zach, if you're listening. Uh, but anyways, uh, he's a really great guy. They, him and his crew have been making knives, I think, for quite a while now. Um, they do some really good stuff. And Zach, whenever I see him at Blade Show, and I'm kind of sad that I, I, I don't get to see him this year. Um, he's just, him and his wife, Carrie, are just some of the best people I've ever I've ever met at the show. They're always super happy and smiling. They always have very nice things to say. And, and they're, they're just really great down-to-earth people. And so um, I just wanted to give a shout-out to Zach and say belated happy birthday to him. Um, go check them out. Mon- His company is Monolith Knives. Um, and, yeah, that's it. Zach's a great guy. Go check him out. Cool. Give him a follow. Very good. What about? What about you, yes, I do. This is Liam Penn. I don't know if we've done this guy, this kid before. He's uh, it's L J Penn, mm. two N's underscore. Sixteen year old blacksmith and bladesmith from Juneau, Alaska. Really, really talented kid. Uh, he's doing beautiful work, blacksmith, bladesmith. He's just an awesome. Uh, it's just great. To, I I love seeing these young guys do this work. That's just way you think it's just you know, they're so young and they're just doing this incredible work and it's just really inspiring to see really kids doing a great job and, and, and he's a good kid and you listen to the podcast and uh and then also i just want to thank all you guys all the people the people from listen to the podcast you made me uh get my uh at the peak skill coffee we hit our we hit our limit so we sold 250 bags of the fader knives edc and all the money to uh, 2500 bucks went to feed the front lines and I can't thank you enough. I forgot to tell you last week, and I really th- I can't thank you enough for being so supportive. And I just got a message from the owner, Sonny Culver. We're going to do something. We're gonna we're gonna keep going with EDC, and then the money's gonna go to somewhere else uh, upcoming. So I'm really excited about that. And it was a great opportunity. And you guys all just like besides just you know buying it and posting about it, and and just you know you guys really really you know really did. I don't really get choked up very often. And I'm not going to get choked up now, but I just wanted to, I want to thank you very much for helping me with that and the Peekskill Coffee House. Awesome. So wow. I'm going to put in the show notes, um, the, the links to these people. So I kind of classed, um, Craftworks, Zach Worrell and LJJ Penn. Uh, they'll all be in the, the show notes. Um, but some of you may have realized that the, the Knife Talk website is, is no longer there. Um, knifetalk.net will now take you to the, the shows page on the, on the Makery Network. Um, you're not losing out on anything at all because um, all the show notes will still be there. All previous episodes um, will still be there. Um, it's taken its time. Get, get me. It's a very manual process, me uh, bringing the audio into all the older ones. Um, but I'm doing them slowly. So the full back catalog will be there at uh, makery.network as well as all the all the other shows, the new shows that we have. Um, and we've got three new shows coming on this week as well. So there's going to be a lot, a lot of content. So go take a look at makery.network where you'll find all the show notes for Knife Talk. Um, there's also the discussion area as well so you can discuss anything that you, you think you need to discuss within the show. Um, and it's all there. Do you want to give so, us a yeah. preview of the new shows? 
No, oh. no, not yet. There's still a few little things to work out. Um, so yeah, there's there's three new shows. I can tell you off 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 air, but uh, yeah, you'll see them coming up very soon. And uh, you know, we we'll be advertising them, so you, people will know. People will know. Okay, shall we do some beefs? We got beef. Beefs, the bit where we talk about things that have been irritating us this week. Have you got one, Mareko? Um, not really. I mean, I got beefs all the time, but I don't, I don't <laughs> really. Not one I really want to get into right now. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll do two then. Two very quick ones. Um, the first one is stickers on products. You buy a new product, and they've spent a fortune on the design of it and the manufacture of these beautiful things. And they put a crappy little sticker on there, and when you try to peel it off, it leaves this horrible residue on there. And you know, I just it just bugs me. It's just something that I I noticed today, and it's just like, why the hell would you do that? You spend so much, probably millions of dollars in, you know, in design and and prototyping these things, and they just they just slap on a really cheap sticker there, and that spoils the whole design. So yeah, stickers, ugh, hate them. And I got another one, <laughs> ticks, ticks. What's the oh. purpose of a tick? Well, what's the why? Why do we have ticks? So I've been out in the woods What's today the with, with ticks. I mean, that's... What's the purpose? I mean, we've been out in the woods today. We come back and we need to check ourselves and we're checking our hair and, and oh, hate it. I'd like to just be able to go out and come back in and oh, fucking ticks. <laughs> so s- stickers and ticks are my beefs. <laughs> stickers and ticks. I have two stickers beefs too then. I have, and then you it. can, and one's a serious beef and one's a, a jokey beef. I'll go with the serious beef too. I'm kind of tired of, of the uh, arguing and the you know being spending everyone everyone spending their time yelling at each other and arguing on the internet it just seems so wasteful to be mm. you know trying to you know ha- do a degree of humiliation and to be you know like one upsmanship with people and it just seems it just seems like we're never going to get anywhere in, in in life if we can't have open discussions and just kind of listen to each other it would be nice if we could listen to each other instead of it's you just know what's going to happen it's like this guy says something and then you say something it's just this cycle of it's this cycle it's this never-ending cycle of just anger and 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 humiliation and it's just it's Mm. exhausting and i don't i don't want to participate in it you guys want to add to that at all or well, well, I've, I've just something that I've noticed. You know, it's been for months now that I'm spending less and less time online, just because I'm just fed up of seeing, yeah, people arguing and, uh, yeah, there's no need for it. And, just, and people know what right is, and they know what wrong yeah. is, and it's like, let's yeah. do, we, you, you know, you, you know what you should be doing. You know, you should be a good person. Be a good person and do what you know you're supposed to do. Yeah, you know, yeah. and also <sighs> just jumping on other people for not, not. You know, a good example is Twitter this week. A buddy of mine, he he just tweeted about, you know, his, his work and all the rest of it. And, you know, some people jumped on him saying, I can't believe you're tweeting about work and, you know, everything that's going on. He just feels really out of place in my feed. And I'm just like, whoa, leave the guy. He's getting on with what he needs to get on with, you know. Uh, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And it's, and it is, it's, 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 I, it is, it's, it's also, it's just such a, it's such a poor lack. It's a poor lack of use of time. Mm. these you just you're just getting your stress of if you want to be helpful don't do all talk no action do something be helpful 
Yeah. You know, stop with the, the 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 flexing. It's like it's like this dude who pulls his shirt off and he's flexing at the beach. Look at my muscles. Fine, do your thing. But but seriously, it's like unfollow. Like, get out the fuck out of here. Let's just knock it off. And my funny beef is Craig Lockwood seems to like to name the full blast podcast episodes. <laughs> These names is just like the last episode two. I'm thinking to myself, people think I'm a fucking full blown narcissist. <laughs> Well, look, this is your fault. It's not my fault. It's not I, was your oh, fault. To all, to all of the hosts on the Makery Network, everybody has their show, and I sent these instructions through. Really simple instructions. You sent them after I, after I put in episode two. I need the title of your episode. And no, I need no, 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 what you no, 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 no. And Jeff didn't send me a title. Get the fuck, so get the right fuck out of here. I'll, I'll not, give him a title, I thought. You fucker, you. That's not what you did. You're, 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 now you're, being, you're not being completely 100% true. Did I, did I have a title from fuck, you? No. <laughs> but you didn't but you didn't I mean you but you didn't even give me the option. You wrote, I might be famous, and then a little bit of a dribble comes out. It was like it was like I'm a narcissist and I can't pee. That's the thing, you know, I, I spent all this time. It's the only pleasure I have in life coming up with the titles. That's for, your favorite part. And, and for knife talk too. It's got very difficult for knife talk because there are always three words. And I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm running out of words. So I think the name instructor is going to have to change for these shows going forward. <laughs> I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, oh, the episode's coming. I, oh, the, my phone's making a noise. The new episode. I look at the new episode. It says, it, it, it says only a dribble came out, and I'm just like, what is that? A penis thing? Is that a... <laughs> you you do say it in your show. You you were talking it about it. It was a second. Uh... I made a, I made a one thing, and all of a sudden, like you you took the one little part. Of the whole thing, it's like nonsense. I was just like, God damn it, you know. Fine, I, I, but I at the same time, I do like, I do, I did, I do like everything that you do, and I, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a diva, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People seem to think I'm crazy. Jeff didn't want to call it, um, so now I'm famous or whatever it was. He did. That wasn't Jeff's choice. But I'm not. But I never call. I never send you a message saying take it down or change it. I'm. No, no, I am no, a no. fan of. Let it happen, and then we'll use it for more. I thought, oh, good. I have something to break his balls in when the next time I talk to him. <laughs> okay. <sighs> what about the week going forward? <sighs> What's the dream, Jeff? Ugh, let go, Mareka go first. I need to, I need to like, <laughs> I'm, I'm still hot from that bomb joke. <laughs> um. Uh, this coming week, I hope everything goes smooth with this damn steel knife because I don't want to have to do it over again. Um, it, it is a twisted bar, bar of steel, and already through some of the heat treat, I've noticed some subtle twisting in the blade. Um, and it's just because that's naturally what is happening in the material. So we'll see how all the finish grinding goes. But ideally, it all goes smoothly. And if adjustments need to be made, they're very painless and minor, and so I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed for that. Otherwise, yeah, just wishing what, for a what smooth. What pattern is it? Like, what Dharma steel pattern is it? It's just the it's just the uh, dense twist. So basically, there's right. straight layers that have been twisted really tightly, and um, but it's been like I said, it's been interesting through kind of like the forging process, and mostly in the post forging and kind of uh, normalizing the material and 
preparing it for final hardening, I noticed that it started to twist on me. And twisting can sometimes happen just in forging unevenly on a knife. Um, but it doesn't happen that often to me anymore. And I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on. And then I realized, oh, this is a twist pattern piece of steel. And um, I think that is actually what is causing this twisting. It's not my forging. Um, mm. And so, so yeah, I hope everything goes smooth with that and that I don't have to do it over. That's cool. It. Cool. So my dream for the week. So I've I've been working for about six months on this little book um, that will be sent out with all of my knives. Um, and things just stopped with the uh, with the printing company um, probably about you know three months ago when this whole COVID thing started. They're back in work now, um, and they've sent through some proofs which I've sort of agreed to, and we've said go press print. And I'm hoping they're coming in this week, and I'm really excited because um, you know getting something printed and the smell of a new book is always is always lovely so i'm i'm hoping they come and everything is as it should be um and then i can get i've got some knives here waiting to ship um which i've promised books with so that they'll be shipping straight out with with this new book so i'm just hoping that there's no obvious spelling mistakes (laughs) the the the, the colors are all correct and um yeah it's quite exciting quite exciting having a having a book being printed awesome jeff are you ready all the time My dream is that a few things. One is I'm. this is starting to do phase two here in New York where restaurants are going to start to slowly open and allow people to come in. And I'm looking forward to my friends, the restaurants opening. I'm looking forward to people being able to kind of go and they're starting to sit around and to closer together. And I'm looking forward to try to salvaging these businesses i'm looking forward to that i'm also looking forward to the fact that i went to this incredible rally with the city the city council the mayor the police department most of the a lot of the citizens like a thousand people came from peakskill and the surrounding areas to talk about racial justice and talk about police brutality and talk about being a community and it was very very encouraging it was very emotional it was very encouraging and I'm looking forward to more um, conversations between citizens uh, of different colors and their their state representatives, and and having hearing a voice and leading forward to harmony, the beginnings of harmony, especially in Peekskill, which I'm I'm uh, proud to be uh, a citizen here. So I'm looking forward to moving forward as a as a community. There we go. Have you been? Uh, affected by curfews where you are because i know you're not far from the city I will, is the curfew extended to your i'll area? tell you a little story that i forgot to t- tell you about on tuesday yeah. i had gotten a call from a friend of mine in the fbi and the, that person said to me there is chatter of rioting and looting coming to yorktown heights and in, into peekskill and they had a there was a plan and my friend who lives in peekskill said to me i want you to just make sure that you are not outside and it was nervous making because, you know, at first you think, okay, maybe, you know, maybe it's just a rumor or something like that. But when you get a call from someone from the FBI saying, we're hearing about this, um, and then it became something that the, you know, the police department became very, uh, they be, it, it, all of a sudden, every, the, the law enforcement was on social media saying, we've heard these rumors, we are looking into them, everyone calm down, everything, we're, we're, we're looking into this, we're not, you know. 
So no, there haven't been any uh, curfews in New York, uh, in Peekskill. Uh, and I'm now, and nothing happened. Thank God nothing happened. It was very, you know, it was very much along the lines of just like, this is not something you want to get a phone call about. But we, uh, nothing happened. Um, all the protesting that I wouldn't even call them protesting, to be honest with you. I would call it a, a community rally of unity. And they've all, I, there were three of them. I went to two of them. They were both very positive, heartfelt and positive. The curfew in New York is supposed to be done tonight. And they want to try to get everyone back into back to or as many people as possible back to work on Monday. And I think that that's hopefully in their minds the way to, you know, try to quell people's feelings. And who knows what's going to happen, to be honest with you. But I'm just looking forward to peace and moving forward as a community. Nice. I think that's a show. That's definitely a show. That's a two-hour oh. show. It's a big one. A big one. So thank you all very much for listening. Um, remember, you can go to makery.network um, to see all our past episodes, um, as well as a bunch of other podcasts, which hopefully you'll enjoy too, because they're made by similar people to us. Um, and hopefully, yeah, you'll find something in them. So stay safe, and we shall speak to you all very, very soon. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.